Thank you for listening to the Life Church of Kansas City, Missouri. Consider supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com, subscribing, and sharing this message with your friends. God bless you. I'm thankful this morning. Book of Amos, chapter number 7, verse number 10, states, Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to Jeroboam, the king of Israel, saying, Amos has conspired against you in the midst of the house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all of his words, for thus Amos has said, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel must go into exile away from his land. And Amaziah said to Amos, O seer, or prophet, flee away to the land of Judah, and eat bread there, and prophesy there. But never again prophesy at Bethel, for it is the king's sanctuary, and it is a temple of the kingdom. Then Amos answered and said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, nor a prophet's son, but I was a herdsman and a dresser of sycamore figs. But the Lord took me Somebody say, the Lord took me. From following the flock and the Lord said to me, go prophesy to my people Israel. Now therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that we serve a God that knows exactly where we're at and knows how to get our attention. And from this text this morning, I would like to preach to you from figs to the miraculous. Look to your neighbor and say, from figs to the miraculous. And just before we're seated, let's just lift our hands and thank God for being a mighty God this morning. Lord, I thank you for being a righteous God. I thank you for being a mighty God. Lord, I thank you for being a loving God and a great Lord. And we worship you this morning. And we praise you. And as you're seated this morning, look to somebody and say, it's great to see you. In the Summer Olympics in Sydney, Australia, there was a man named Eric the Swimmer Musambani from the Equatorial of Guinea. And this 22-year-old African had only learned to swim in the January before the Summer Olympics in July. He had only practiced in a 20-meter pool without lane markers and had never raced more than 50 meters. But by special invitation of the Olympic Committee, under a special program that permits poorer countries to participate, even though the athletes did not meet the customary standards, He was entered into the 100-meter men's freestyle. Now, I'm not all that bright. Thank you, nobody, for saying amen. That was great. (laughs) But if you've never swam more than 20 meters in your life to go to 100 meters, that's a pretty big jump. And I, myself, am not a particularly good swimmer, so thinking about swimming 100 meters... It's kind of daunting to me, and the thought of it kind of gives me anxiety. 
And I don't know why, but whenever you see those Olympic pools, they look like they're 40 or 50 feet deep. I don't know how deep they actually are. And all I picture myself is just dropping to the bottom because I'm not that great of a swimmer. But Eric, the swimmer, decided that he was going to do it. And at the beginning of the race, this was a trial qualifier. The two other men that were in his heat were disqualified due to false starts. Now, all that had to happen was for Eric to finish to say that he competed in the Olympics. When the gun went off, he began to swim and about halfway through, he realized that he was not a particularly good swimmer either. And he began to flail and began to just kind of barely swim. And at one point, he was doggy paddling in the Olympics. And this is, always goes back to whenever you see the Olympics, you're like, man, I wish they put a real person in there to see the difference in the Olympics, the Olympia. This is what was happening in real time. And the Associated Press called him charmingly inept. And that is about as backhanded of a compliment as you can receive. But some spectators halfway through the race began to gasp as they thought that Eric would actually drown during this race. He was a minute slower than what qualified for the next round, but as he made that turn to come back for the last few meters, the capacity crowd at the Olympic Aquatic Center stood to their feet and began to cheer Eric on in what seemed like an eternity. The African Eric, the swimmer, reached the wall and hung on for dear life, catching his breath as he completed the 100-meter men's freestyle. When he had finally caught his breath and regained his composure, the French-speaking Musambani said through a translator, I want to send hugs and kisses to the crowd because it's what kept me going because I am not a swimmer. I'm here only by invitation. Anybody feel like they might be here only by invitation sometimes? You're not sure how you got where you are. You're not sure what you're doing where you are. But you just might be there by invitation sometimes. And I think of this story of Eric and I picture myself in his very shoes from time to time. And we rewind to where we were in the Old Testament. This man named Amos whose name literally means to carry or be born by God. And here he is in this chapter and he's considered one of the minor prophets and he is one who doesn't really, there's not much known about him except for that he was from a place in Judah and that he was a shepherd and he tended the sycamore trees. But here was a man who followed the call of God. And we see that God has called him to be a prophet and to go and to warn the king of Israel about impending doom that is coming. And in this moment, he has a choice to make on whether or not he's going to go to the king or whether or not he's more comfortable being a shepherd or a herdsman and tending to the sycamore trees. But here we see that old brother Amos decided to go all in. And I want to talk to somebody this morning where you might feel like God is pulling you perhaps a little bit deeper than where you are. Or that maybe you're feeling that call to ministry of 
whether it is a preacher, a teacher, a prophet, apostle, whatever that looks like in your life, and you're wondering on whether or not it's worth it to go deeper. Let me just tell you, it's always worth it to go deeper in God. There will never be a time in your life when you sacrifice and go deeper that God won't honor it, that God won't bless you, that God won't reach down and see you exactly where you're at. But when you make the commitment to go all in, God will always back up his work. And so Amos is here. And if we're being honest, it was probably a pretty easy decision for Amos. Being a prophet was a little bit better than being a shepherd. Being a prophet was a little bit better than being somebody that would dress the sycamore trees. And we'll get to that in a minute about what that means. But Amos has his mind made up that he's going all in to fulfill the call of God. And here we see God calls him. And sometimes I wonder if these Old Testament prophets, they usually got to pro- did not get to prophesy great things. It was usually doom and gloom or it was usually God is coming to judge you. They never rarely got to prophesy that there's going to be revival, that there's going to be healing, that there's going to be great things that are happening with the exception of Joel. I look at Joel and he got to prophesy that this is that which was spoken of and he got to send the prophecy that in the last days I will pour out my spirit and we're going to see revival and that's amazing. But there's always a process to get to where God is calling us to. And so Amos accepts this, and Amos decides to go all in. Now, there's a few things about Amos, and biblical scholars agree that Amos had to leave his home to prophesy because he was mocked and criticized for being a prophet. Think about that. This man has a call of God on his life, but he has to leave home to prophesy because everybody only sees him as the shepherd or they only see him as the dresser of the sycamore tree. And I feel like there's somebody here in this room today that you feel like God wants to take you deeper, but whenever you go home or whenever you go to your family or whenever you go to your friends, that there's no way that they'll ever see you than anybody than what you used to be. But I've come to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost this morning that what God has called you to be, you don't have to go back to the same way that you left. You can go back and say, you know what? I'm gonna be a prophet. I'm gonna be a man or a woman of God. I'm gonna be an intercessor. I'm gonna be somebody that's gonna change my school, that's gonna change my workplace. And Amos decides in his mind that I'm going to leave. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm leaving the comforts of the family behind. They may mock me. They may laugh at me. But you know what? I've got a destiny. I've got a word. I've got a vision. I've got something that God has given me. And Amos made it up in his mind that it was worth it to fulfill the call of God. And I want to tell somebody that's struggling, you're barely holding on this morning, and you're wondering where God is. Let me just tell you that if you keep pressing, if you keep going, God's about to blow your mind and open the door and say, walk through it. And Amos leaves what he knows to be comfortable. And I always find it interesting that anytime anybody did everything, anything great for God, they had to leave the comforts behind. Jesus called his disciples. He said, drop what you're doing and come with me. They left money there. They left time. They left treasure there. And they said, Jesus, whatever you want us to do, we'll do. And God is reaching for somebody this morning saying it's time to leave it all behind. It's time to leave the reputation. It's time to leave whatever you think you know behind and follow me. And Amos has this moment where he wants to go all in. 
And some of us are here this morning and we're worried. What is my spouse going to say when they see me go all in? They know me when I get angry. What am I going to do? Some of us are worried about a brother or a sister. What are they going to do when they see me go all in for this truth that seems radical? But I want to encourage you this morning that it's time to jump into the deep waters head first and say, God, I'm all in for the kingdom of God. I'm all in for what you're trying to do in Kansas City. I'm all in with what you're trying to do at the Life Church. I'm all in with what you're trying to do in my family. So here Amos is and he goes all in. And we see that Amos leaves his home and goes to prophesy. But it's not easy when you follow the call of God. It's not easy most times. There are good days, there are bad days. And Amos gets to the point where he goes to prophesy and there is this man named Amaziah, Brother Mark. Amaziah was the priest at Bethel at the time and Amaziah had some issues that he was working through. He was the priest who built a golden calf and put it in the Holy of Holies, which just if you don't know Bible and you've not studied that out, that is a no-no. You don't do that. It goes back to thou shalt have no other gods before me. But here Amaziah has put a golden statue in the Holy of Holies to worship. And Amos shows up with a word from God and he says that what you guys are doing is all kinds of wrong and there is going to be judgment. And Amaziah, instead of hearing the word of the Lord, gets offended. Let me just say this, that when the word of the Lord goes forth from a prophet, a man or woman of God, you better be keenly listening to what God is trying to say. Because when you shut off the voice of the prophet, there is always mess and destruction that follows. And Amos is saying, hey, listen, I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to give you a word that's going to make it. I'm trying to give you a word that's going to bring you out. I'm trying to give you a word that's going to lead you into victory. But old Amaziah says, I really like worshiping the golden calf. I really like worshiping the wrong things. But let me just say that there is a God that reaches down for us today. And he's saying, if you will heed the word of the Lord, I will deliver you. Some of our lives would be saved from a whole lot of mess if we would just listen to the voice of what God is trying to say. When God is reaching and God is calling and he's saying jump in and we would save us a whole lot of mess. And so Amaziah makes up a lie and he says go tell the king this lie. And Amos instead of getting disgruntled and man I can't wait till I get to heaven to meet Amos. I want to meet this man. Because I'm not going to lie. Uh, if somebody told me to take my ball and go home after I gave them a word from God, I'd be a little discouraged. I mean, if I came with a single purpose to get to Israel, to give them a word, to try and save them, and to try and stop what God is getting ready to do, and man, if they told me to take my ball and go home, Brother Les, I'd be discouraged. He told them, he said, go eat bread and go home. But old Amos, no. He has it in his mind that I'm all in. And he has it in his mind that I don't care what they are saying. I don't care 
what the world or those who can't hear or heed to spiritual authority are saying. But I've got a word from God. And let me just tell you, sometimes all it takes is a word from God. It doesn't matter what those on the left or those on the right, those in front or those in back are going to say, but I've got a word from God that there's going to be revival in my city, that there's going to be revival in my family, that God is going to do the miraculous, that God is going to do the supernatural. I don't care what the world may say. And old Amos says it doesn't matter. And I felt this in the Holy Ghost three days, two days ago when I was praying for this very message. And I believe that the life church is feeling a lot like Amos right now. Pastor talked about it last Sunday, the Sunday before. This church has come under attack. It feels like the enemy might be getting the upper hand from time to time. And we may feel like, Amos, we're just here trying to deliver a word that's going to save our city, that's going to save our neighbors, that's going to save our family members. And here we are being attacked, being lied about. People are trying to steal from the life church there at Finishing Strong. And we're sitting there, we're saying, God, where are you in all of this? But I've come to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost this morning that when the enemy seems like he's won, it's when God does his greatest work. Don't you be surprised when there's revival in your family. Don't you be surprised when God steps in and provides the miraculous. Don't you be surprised when we finish strong and that children's wing is complete. Brother Greg and Sister Amber, I prophesy right now, there are going to be a service where 30 kids are going to be filled with the Holy Ghost in that new children's wing. Come on, the angel of the Lord just stepped in this place this morning. We need a warring angel to go forward for the life church right now. We need God to step on the scene and say that there is victory that is coming. We're trying to do finishing strong in the midst of a pandemic. We're trying to finish strong in the midst of uncertainty. But let me just tell you that God is not lost in the midst of all that. I feel the Lord here this morning. And I've come to tell somebody that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord is going to raise up a standard. When the enemy has come in and lied to you about your family, about your life, about your ministry, that God is saying, hey, guess what? I'm going to send you to prophesy. I'm going to send you to reach your world. And Amaziah does not even realize what he just said when he said, take your bread and go home. Let me tell you something. The enemy's quite stupid from time to time. He can be real stupid. He was sending Amos back to where he came from. Back to his frustration of not being able to prophesy. Of not being able to give a word to anybody in Judah. But let me just tell you that God does all things well. All things. That term to eat bread, that does not mean go home and have a French baguette. Maybe even a sourdough for those of you that are sourdough fans. Or a bread bowl from Panera, bless the Lord. That is not what that meant. It means to go home 
and to prophesy to put food on your table. Amaziah had no clue that up until this point, Amos had never been called a prophet. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. And up until this point, Amos had never walked into his destiny as a prophet. But Amaziah, the enemy, sends him back into his destiny with the label of a prophet. There are some of us that are here this morning that when we go home, we left as somebody that our family didn't respect this morning. We left as just a churchgoer. We left as just a radical. But the enemy has pushed us into such a corner that he's saying, get out of here, you prophet. Get out of here, you man or woman of God. And he's pushing you into your destiny. Amaziah had no clue that Amos would leave there and go back to doing what he was doing, but he had the prophet on him now. He had the role of a prophet that would go back and say, thus says the word of the Lord. Thus says what God is trying to do in all of Judah. And some of us are looking at our lives this morning and we're saying, hey, I need to get back to where I came from because I've got a word. And I want to encourage you this morning that if you've got a word from God, that's all that you need. You don't need the approval of anybody else. But if you've got a word from God, you get back and tell your family, thus says the word of the Lord for this household. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for what God is trying to do in my life, I'm going all in. And Amaziah sends Amos back as a prophet. He left as a shepherd. But he sent him back as a prophet. He, Amos, in this moment, left Judah being a shepherd, being a sycamore tree plucker guy. That's what I like to call him, the sycamore tree plucker guy. <laughs> Sounds better than a dresser, sycamore dresser. I just picture like a dresser in a room that's built out of sycamore wood. Told you I'm real simple sometimes. But he sends him back a prophet. So Amos went all in. He withstood the test. And lastly, this morning, I want to encourage somebody that your past has a purpose. The hurt, the abuse, the shame, the anger has a purpose. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now. Some of us have become so wound up with our past that when God has tried to call us to go deeper, we can't go because all we see is the past. We can't place the future in front of us that God is trying to take her to greener, take us to greener grass. God is trying to bring us into a new place. And Amos has this moment with he's a nobody, just a shepherd, just a sycamore tree plucker guy. He's a nobody. To pluck the sycamore tree or to be a dresser of sycamores was considered the lowest job in society at that time. It would be reserved for slaves or for those who were on the absolute down and out and had no other way to provide an income for their family. This man, Amos, only proved his authenticity to God 
by following the call of God because he was saying, if God, if I'm just a shepherd in a sycamore tree dresser and you can use me, you can use anything. And in that moment, he could have allowed Amaziah to completely turn his spirit against him and to say, you're right, I am a nobody. I shouldn't be here prophesying. But here I am. And he makes it up in his mind that even though I come from a humble background, I still have a word from God. And there are some of us that are in this room this morning that we've allowed our past to overtake what God is trying to do in our lives. And we say, there's no way that God actually wants to use me. And the devil will tell you and lie to you that God doesn't want you. You're a nobody. You come from a broken family. You come from abuse. How on earth could God ever use you? And here this morning, I feel the weight in this room that somebody is just waiting for that fire to build up inside their heart to say that I want to be all in for God. And I want to encourage you this morning that your past has a purpose. Amos, and the Bible is very intentional about what it stated. Why a sycamore tree? A sycamore tree, as Brother Adam helps me this morning, had delicious fruit on it that would be enjoyed by nobility. And the only other people that would enjoy it would be the people who plucked the tree. But it had a delicious fruit looks something very similar to this. But Amos knew that in order for God to use him, there had to be a purpose to his past. So why the sycamore tree? The sycamore tree was an especially hard tree to prune. It required a violent shaking every single day. Somebody had to climb up a ladder every single day. These trees could grow from 45 to 65 feet tall. They weren't a little eight foot or a nine foot tree. But the branches on a grown and a mature sycamore tree would not start until 15 to 20 feet. Which meant that people would die very often from being a sycamore tree dresser. But here in this moment, Amos knew that every day he had to step up onto the ladder and to say, God, I don't know why you've called me to do this, but I'm going to do it. God, it may be painful taking another step on the ladder, God, but I'm going to do it. God, I don't have the strength to get out there today and to take the stick and to smack the tree. God, my arms are sore. But my past has a And here he is at the fig tree, that sycamore tree climbing day after day, pruning this tree. And let me just tell you, don't ever, ever, ever get upset with the process that God tries to take us through from time to time. And he's up here and his knees are weak. And he's saying, God, I don't know if I can hold on to this ladder anymore, God. It's it's getting higher and higher by the day, God. But God, when are you going to call me to leave this season of my life? And 
Some of us are here in this very moment today where we've been on the ladder for what seems like all of our lives. And we're wondering, when do we get to get off the ladder and go enjoy the blessings and the miraculous things of God? And we're saying, God, I can't take another step. God, I can't get out here another day. God, I can't hit this tree again. The sycamore tree, the sycamore tree is what God has brought some of us to. The process that God allows some of us to go through may feel like we're being tried by fire that never ends. We're saying, God, when do I get to come out as gold? When do I get to be used by you? And there are some of us that are here this morning. Your fig tree, your sycamore tree may look different than others. Your sycamore tree may need health issues. You're saying, God, when do I get to be? God, when do I get to lift my hands and when do I get to worship without pain and without everything that's going on or maybe it's family. God, when do I get to see revival in my family or God, when do I get to see disciples made? When do I get to baptize a disciple? God, when? And we're broken and we're hurting. We get up the ladder again and we say, I don't know, God, how I'm going to do it. But we take that stick. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. And we hit the tree. And we begin to prune it one more time. And we begin to say, God, if you can use anything, here I am. And Amos finally hears the word of the Lord one day. He says, Amos, get off that ladder and go to my people in Israel because I've got a word for you. I've got a word for Israel. You are now going to walk in the gift of a prophet. You are now going to live. You realize something special about the sycamore tree. The sycamore tree is one of the only trees in the world that cannot be harvested commercially because of the requirement that it takes during the pruning cycle. Don't don't misunderstand what God is doing in your life. The misery, the things that you're going through is God is saying you weren't called like everybody else. You weren't chosen like everybody else. You may have to go through some mess like unlike everybody else, but I've called you to let you know that there is nothing that I can't do with your life. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands to the Lord right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. But here we go. The fig tree, the sycamore fig tree requires an intense pruning process. And Amos says, you know what, God? I've been on this tree who knows how many years. I've been a shepherd. I don't know what else is going on. But God, I'm here just to be available to you. And some of us have decided in our mind today that, you know what, we're going to pick up our ladder. We're going to carry it just a little bit more. We're going to say, you know what, God, I don't know what tomorrow may hold. I don't know what's going on in my family. But God, I'm picking up the ladder and I'm taking it wherever you want me to go, God. I'm going to go back to this tree and to that tree. And God, I'm going to prune the tree over here. God, I'm going to look at the tree. God, I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. And soon after a while, this gets heavy. But we say, God, I'm not giving up. God, I'm I'm going to continue to work. I'm going to continue to fast. I'm going to continue to pray. 
keep working. And God is calling some of us to just keep working. Just keep sowing. Just keep going into the kingdom. Keep going deeper. Keep asking God for more. And this morning all across this room, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. But the sycamore tree, you ready for this? It doesn't end in the Old Testament. Anybody remember in the New Testament, there's a story of a wee little man and a wee little man was he? Zacchaeus was a... I'm not going to sing in the microphone, that'd be disastrous. The Bible stated that this man, if we have the scripture, we could put that up. This man, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was chief tax collector and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who Jesus was rather. Let me just stop here and say this for a second. Zacchaeus could have asked for a meeting with Jesus. Let that sink in because Zacchaeus was a noble, wealthy man in the time. He could have asked for a meeting with Jesus. But instead... We go through and it says he was short of stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree. Let me just give you a little bit of theology here. If the first branch wasn't 15 or 20 feet off the ground, Zacchaeus came with a ladder. Zacchaeus came to take on the lowliest job that you could have in that time frame to say, I want to see Jesus. Some of us are wondering why we can't get a victory. We're wondering why we can't get the breakthrough. We wonder why we can't get past point A. When was the last time you took the ladder and said, I'm going to do whatever it takes to see Jesus? When was the last time we said, hey, I don't care what it's going to cost me. It may cost me my reputation. It may cost me family. It may cost me friends. But I want to see Jesus. Fun fact about the sycamore tree. If it's not pruned, it will die. Brother Greg, there was somebody who came before Zacchaeus and pruned that tree every single day. Those branches that he climbed was because somebody took time to say, I don't know what I'm pruning for, but there's somebody else that's coming after me. And some of us are sitting there every day. Oh, my arms are sore. I want to climb this tree again. Some days the swings are better than others. And some days we get higher on the ladder than others. But I've come to tell somebody this morning that the process in your past is worth it. There's a purpose in you hitting that tree every day. There's a purpose in your prayer and your fasting every single day. There is a purpose in you saying, God, if you can use anyone, you can use me. I apologize. I went a little long this morning. For me, last year was a ladder every day. And I'm not going to rehearse last year. But when things 
were starting to look up. I felt like I was starting to come down the ladder. And then on Thanksgiving Eve, I missed a few phone calls and my sister texts me and says, call me back immediately. I call her and she says, dad is in the midst of having a heart attack. And here I go again. I said, God, I don't want to get up this ladder again, God. I feel like I've been on the ladder all year, God. I just need a break. Get up on the ladder. And I talk to my mom, and she says, Dad's in the ambulance. It looks like it's just small heart attacks. Looks like he's going to be okay. They're taking him to the hospital. So I'm like, okay, all right. We can deal with that. I get a text message a few hours later. They say, there's, there's something wrong. Okay, God. Here I am again. And so I start to climb up that ladder again. And they say they took him back to the table. They're going to run a catheter into his heart to see what's going on. And it goes radio silent for a little while. And then I hear, while they were putting the catheter in, they nicked your dad's heart by an inch and he's bleeding internally. another step on the ladder and I feel hurt and I feel rejected and I feel upset with God God I've been on this ladder all year long did you see can't I just catch a break God this was after we spent four days in the hospital with Vienna for an infection I said God I can't do this again and then the call said they've got to perform immediate open heart surgery they're getting a surgeon here. I'm not sure if he's going to make it off the table. Thanksgiving Eve. Thanksgiving, my family's holiday. It's what we celebrate. It's our big deal every year. And the devil starts to torment me and say, if you had been there in New Jersey, this would have never happened. He won't be healed because you're not able to lay hands on him. He won't be healed because nobody else can go into that room due to COVID. He won't be healed and he's going to die on the table and you won't have gotten to see your dad again. Finally, collapsed into my bed. And I was angry. I was angry. And I just began to cry out to God. And I said, God, I don't know if I can get up this ladder again and hit this tree. family, my in-laws hosted Thanksgiving Eve that night and everybody left and I stayed behind. Brother Anthony, I can take you to the place in my kitchen where I buried my face on those hardwoods. And I just began to wail and to say, God, I've been up this ladder this whole year. God, my arms are so I've got no energy left to pray a prayer, God. And all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord stepped that kitchen and began to minister to me and I began to pray and I began to seek God and the Lord spoke to me and he said your dad will leave that hospital there will be life and there will be no open heart surgery required that Sunday morning I testified about it but he was 
was still in the hospital and I was believing in Jesus' name that he was going home and I had no word that he would. And when they said, hey, we still might have to do surgery, God spoke to me and he said, are you going to pray for the surgeons or are you going to pray for him to walk out the hospital like I gave you the word? That Monday morning, let me just tell you what happened. God decided to step in and said, when you get back up that ladder and you begin to pray like never before and you begin to seek me like never before, I can give you a prophetic word that you can walk in. And when the doctors say no, I will say yes. That's the Monday after the Wednesday of the heart attack. Serve a prayer answering God that can take me from the things to the miraculous. Here's what we're going to do. If you need a miracle in this house this morning, miraculous and healing virtue is going to flow. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a step onto the ladder. If you need a miracle, I want you to come down to this altar. This is going to be your symbol that you're stepping onto the ladder. Some of us have received negative doctor's reports even this week. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now. Healing virtue is about to flow. Woo! Cancer is about to flee in the name of Jesus. Diabetes is about to flee in the name of Jesus. Let's just lift our voices right now. This is beautiful. God's getting ready to do something. We're getting ready to go from the fix to the miraculous. Some of you have been on the ladder for years wondering where God is, and I want you to know He's about to meet you here this morning. Just, just lift your voice right now. God's working right. He's working right now. Hallelujah. 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 I want every faith-filled believer to file in right now behind them. Everybody that believes God's getting ready to do a quick work. It's not going to be long. It's not going to be drawn out. But what God is getting ready to do is getting ready to unleash the supernatural and to take some of you from the figs to the miraculous. Oh, yes, this is it.
miraculous is in the house this morning. All the miraculous is here this morning. Uh, the miraculous is here this morning. God wants to heal impaired vision right now. God wants to heal those that are broken right now. You might be here with a broken heart and a broken situation, but God's getting ready to take you from the things to the miraculous. Army already led us in a prayer of repentance. I want every hand lifted in this room right now. We're going to speak the word of faith. And when we're done speaking the word of faith, I want you to just begin to cry out with the loudest shout that you've got. Whatever that looks like in your life.